Hello and welcome everyone to the Matt Matan Show. I am your happy and humble host, Matt Matan, and um, I'm always thrilled to have a conversation with someone else named Matt because then it's really confusing when uh, people are listening and like, well, Matt? Yeah, yeah, you hear what Matt said? Well, which Matt? Well, you know, and this is something that the person that's a guest with me for this segment, um, he and I go way back to old Asheville here, and so it's great to have him on the air with me again. Matt Godfrey, who is the executive director for the Outdoor Gear Builders, and uh, welcome Good to have you on again. Hey, Matt. It's great to be here. Always good to have a conversation with you anytime. Yeah, you know, we've got to start with that, you know, the reference I made to old Asheville. You know, I can, I, it's it's something where I, I the more people I talk to now, um, old Asheville to a lot of people is like, oh, yeah, I, I moved here in 2014, and they think that's old Asheville. And I'm like... No, no, no. Can do you remember Dreamland Flea Market? How about Be Here Now? How about you know start That's going right. through all that stuff and like oh, you remember crossing town no matter where you were going in ten minutes. You know, you remember rents at $350 a month, you know, those kind of things. And that's old Asheville. Uh but you know, you and I have known each other for a very long time, you know, and to see the community grow and expand and change the way it has and so many people moving in from other areas and bringing their different perspectives and experiences and everything. I just want to ask you how you've rolled with the changes and managed to survive and find purpose and lanes of service over all those years because you know not a lot of people you and I both have seen a lot of people come and go through Asheville over our 20 something years um so do you have have you thought about that have, have you ever kind of looked back and said man I'm still here in Asheville I'm still doing cool stuff yeah it's a victory yeah uh, you <laughs> we know, should get a it, pin you know <laughs> it, it is and even back in the it's fun you're talking about back in the old Asheville but you talk to folks who've been here since before then and, yeah. uh, or, or the folks that did move here in 2010 or 15. I mean, all the different iterations. And, um, you know, one thing is always stayed the same. This is a great place to, to live and, uh, and to work and to start a business or raise a family. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing place. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the vibe, it's always had a vibe and I think the vibe continues to shift, but, um, you know, and you go back to rents at three fifty. It was it was. I remember it having some of the higher cost of living even back in the day in the late nineteen hundreds. It's funny to say nineteen hundreds. You know, so it's always been a challenge. Uh, but those who love the area and want to make it work here, uh, it truly is why we get engaged in the community because we believe. Uh, in the people here, we believe in the the region, uh, and we and we love being here. So we want to be part of it, and that's that's what helps helps us survive and thrive. And uh, well, and and I think and too, you know, you know, and I think having a history of you know twenty, thirty, forty years um, in Asheville, in and in the you know the business world, you know the community, the the entrepreneurial community mm-hmm. or the the business community. Um, it lets you see threads that started really small and where they eventually become something, you know, very different than where it started. And, and I think with what you're doing with outdoor gear builders and made by mountains and everything, 
I can think back to the earliest threads when when Dave down at you know you know down on the river was leading the tire pickup floats down the French Broad River you know back in the mid '90s and trying to clean up the French Broad River and you know and and some of the conversations there and when you know when Riverlink was just getting started for the you know when they first started talking about stewardship of our tributaries and things like that. And there was always the hiking, the biking, and, and, you know, and paddling and things like that, but not like what we have today. It is a massive multi-billion dollar industry with, you know, shake any activity idea out of your head and there's somewhere to do it in the outdoors here in Western North Carolina right now. And I can see those early threads of those pioneers, if you were, of an outdoor economy you know, 20 years ago that had vision for what this region could accomplish. And now you're on the front line of it coming to fruition. And that's a pretty cool thing to have had that perspective over so many years and see all of the people that come and go and carrying the torch. And here you've been, you know, right from the very beginning and up through Waypoint and now with, you know, Outdoor Gear Builders and everything else. Talk a little bit about that evolution of our organization behind the outdoor economy in our region. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we really have a, a well-established and thriving outdoor economy uh, here in Western North Carolina. And you know, it's the spirit of collaboration uh, that we see is strong among many outdoor brands, which is, is can be unusual. And to have that, that sense of uh, collaboration and belonging and want to support each other, you know, we have existing outdoor companies um, and those even looking to relocate I and mean, they find a network of, of industry leaders who have been here and who understand the benefits of working together you know, in a ways that help bolster a stronger outdoor economy, you know, not just for our region, but also helping their own businesses become more profitable. Um, and so, yeah, fostering those connections uh, for the past 10 years, which is, this is our 10 year anniversary uh, is the outdoor gear builders uh, with our you know mission to cultivate, connect and support our outdoor businesses in Western North Carolina and you know, we started off 10 years ago and you you were there at that, that first meeting um, uh, with just a few handful of outdoor gear manufacturers and have since grown to add uh, the other business segments into that and not just gear manufacturers. And, you know, we're, we're now over 100 member companies um, throughout Western North Carolina region. And uh, it's, it's one of the best places to relocate, start or grow an outdoor business. Uh, for the business uh, community, the ecosystem, as well as our natural assets around us uh, to yeah. get out and recreate. So, it's, well, yeah, because it's uh, not just you know, it's not just that there's the wealth of community and collaboration. There's also you know the support components. You know, like we'll get a chance to talk about Waypoint a little bit, I'm sure. But also there's you know there's private and public partnerships of programs. You look at like the um, the 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 trout trail in Jackson County and how they kind of led the way on doing that kind of organized outdoor stuff and the maps and promotional things and, and highlight it. You know, I I think about what Sylvan sport has done in Brevard, you know, Mm -hmm. and the leadership that they've had in the community as well. And, and so, you know, it, it's something where, yeah, you can have an idea to do something in, and whether it's being a lure manufacturer or a bike parts manufacturer or clothing or anything like that, you can plug your idea into a whole incubator community <laughs> of of expertise and guidance and mentorship um, that is hard to find anywhere else in the country. It is, I and mean, we're fortunate that there's you know the stars aligned and you know this kind of organically grew with the right mindset of people who uh, who get it 
And uh, whether, yeah, you're a, whether you're a, an outdoor gear manufacturer or you're an experienced provider like, you know, NOC or Wildwater or Asheville Adventure Company or French Broad Adventures uh, or an outdoor retailer like Masterful Store or Second Gear, we all get it. And, and, and we need to be together at the, at the table where like our manufacturers have things that they need to align on to understand and help support each other that might not apply to an experienced provider. But within our industry segment, we all know, still need to come to the table because we can benefit from each other's channels and uh, experience and networks uh, and all work together towards growing the outdoor economy, which is going to benefit not only our own businesses, but the region as well. Well, and, uh, you know, I, you, you and I both, we share this outlook, you know, um, and you did right back to your college days studying outdoor stuff, you know, mm-hmm. App State and Western, if I remember right. right. Yeah, correct, and, yeah. um, you know, and it's, it's something that, you know, when you plug into nature, there's something very deep, almost on a spiritual level that happens to you about yes. clarity, about um, rejuvenation, about inspiration, about healing, about all these kind of things. And then also, being out there and the more people get out there, the more they feel a responsibility for stewardship of the environment around them. And so just like it's like that for us as individuals to get out in nature, I feel like for the broader business community, they can kind of get that same impact by dipping themselves into understanding how the outdoor economy works together. Because, you know, I, I think because there's so many people in the outdoor economy that are focused to that philosophy and that commitment of nature being rejuvenating and our responsibility to take care of it, that lends itself to the collaborative community and that expectation and that spirit of working together. It comes with the attitudes and the outlooks and worldviews of people that are in that business. Does that make sense? I, I don't know if I'm waxing too philosophical here, but you no, know, not at all. I, I, you're exactly right, but you can take the philosophical part and break it down into real world. And, uh, from a workforce uh, standpoint, people want to live in areas that they can get out on a trail uh, after work or go hit the river uh, uh, or go climbing or, you know, just get outside and, and, and decompress um, and, and, and remember why we're here uh, and what's important. So that's an attractive to just my workforce standpoint. But then the natural assets we have around us, that's that's how we can create and grow new outdoor enthusiasts to your point of uh, becoming advocates for protecting uh, the areas where we recreate, but also growing an outdoor consumer base. If we don't protect those areas uh, and they start to fall apart, and we saw a lot of this during the pandemic where areas got trashed and people just didn't work mm-hmm. properly educated on how to um, uh, how to, to, to exist uh, in, in, on a trail or a campground um, or have that care uh, for it, we will then diminish that. I, I call it supply chain risk for the outdoor uh, economy. If we don't mm-hmm. take care of those natural assets that help us uh, convert people into outdoor enthusiasts who are then going to be, who will then be uh, new customers to buy more outdoor gear or go on uh, guided trips, right. Or support the nonprofits uh, who are taking care uh, of our areas or educating us. You know, that's, and that's where I see the big picture all coming together. And I think having that um, bigger than your own, you know, circle of view kind of attitude toward your business operations and your footprint 
in your community and everything is important. And what I mean by that is like, I'll give you an example for Matt and Michelle outdoors, you know, um, our, our travel show that me and Michelle do, um, which actually was born out of a conversation you and I had about how hard it was to get outdoor gear builder stories out there. That's how it started like four or five years ago. Right. I remember. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was born out of that. We're like, well, let's do something, you know? And, um, but it's evolved over time like things do. But one of the things that Michelle and I kind of had to learn is that we need to better coordinate with um with local agencies about where we spotlight our episodes and where we send people because if you know everybody wants to know that place that the locals only know about you know but the problem is we would do an episode a destination episode and we'd talk about some spot or some trail or something and it blew it up you know and and we we had to learn the responsibility that we carried in our platform to check with local agencies, whether it's, you know, an economic development commission kind of thing, or if it's, you know, kind of like we have Explore Asheville, or if it's, you know, local nonprofit and everything saying, hey, where are the places where people can have these great outdoor experiences, but have the infrastructure to handle them and still be able to maintain the location, you know? And so that was something where, you know, taking a look beyond just like, oh, well, this is going to get the best, you know, hits, or this is going to get the traffic on the, on the streaming or something like that. But realizing that there's a responsibility that comes with what you do, that's true of everybody in business. I think the more that people can look at their business activities as how am I not only improving something that's in the community, but how am I sustaining it so that there's a replenishment capability of this resource or this destination or this this commodity for future generations and for a long sustainable business to exist. If people that own a you know a guide service take every single person to the same lake and keep and you know they start catching and keeping everything they catch, uh, guess what? They're out of business in a couple of years because there's no more fish to catch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and so you have that spirit of stewardship in just about all the outdoor economy businesses that I think other businesses, whether they be lawyers or if they be hotels or anything else, could kind of take a lesson from. You know, and so I encourage people to find out more about outdoor gear builders. And and I said, you know, we mentioned Waypoint a couple of times. Tell people about what Waypoint is and how it works. Yeah, it's uh, so Waypoint, the Waypoint Accelerator. Uh, it's an outdoor entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship and innovation accelerator program for early stage outdoor focused uh, companies, mostly based in Western North Carolina or throughout the state. Uh, it's a program uh, through Mountain BizWorks, uh, and we're in our fourth cohort. We actually are getting ready to graduate. Uh, the fourth uh, cohort going through the program next week, and so we'll have put almost almost 40 outdoor uh, industry companies through this program where it's, it's kind of designed, you know, we designed it for early stage. So it's, they're not, you know, they're, they're beyond concept and, and in most cases have already launched and have been in the marketplace uh, for a couple of years. So we, we bring them back in uh, and help them kind of evaluate and assess what they've learned, what traction they've gained, uh, where are they as far as uh, customer validation and, and, and validating their business model standpoint uh, and then then help them determine what their next waypoint for growth is uh, and then we have a curriculum based program we lead them through but the the, the, the best part of the program uh, I would say the main value proposition is in connecting them into our existing network of outdoor industry leaders who have been there and are experienced and can help them 
leapfrog ahead to get to that next waypoint of growth much faster by sharing their knowledge or sharing their connections or, or connecting them into their network. So um, you know, the Outdoor Gear Builders is a, a primary uh, supporter uh, and partner of that program. And they're also supported by uh, the Small Business and Technology Development Center and, uh, and the Appalachian Regional Commission, which the program was uh, supported through a grant. So it's been an exciting journey so far to be part of this yeah, uh, no, it's fantastic. Program. And and just so you know, officially, I'll let you know, I'm going through the checklist part of our conversation where I want to cover the things you got going on. All right. So, so the next thing is the Made by Mountains. People have been seeing this more and more showing up in things. Give a quick summary of what Made by Mountains is and, and how the evolution of that is going forward. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Made by Mountains started out uh, at first just to be the brand for Western North Carolina uh, and really branding us as the outdoor industry hub of the East. Uh, when you think about that cluster economy mindset, uh, that's truly what we are with regard to the outdoor industry in the in, you know, East of the Rockies, because we have the highest concentration of outdoor gear manufacturers, uh, outdoor retailers, outdoor experiential providers, and nonprofits, uh, let alone being surrounded by two national forests and uh, the most heavily visited national park uh, in the country. So, uh, you know, but then that evolved into more of an, a, uh, uh, kind of economic development entity focused on the outdoor industry to now made by mountains is um, you know, they're, they're telling that story of, of how, of why we are the outdoor industry hub of the East. And, you know, they have three pillars, uh, you know, that they focus, uh, you know, one on growing outdoor businesses. Uh, and then uh, another pillar is uh, building outdoor communities. So working with our communities in Western North Carolina to help them, uh, I say capture those dollars that flow out of our mountains and into the rural communities and how can they leverage those as a community to grow their own community, to attract uh, people into their, um, their counties uh, and, and workforce and businesses uh, as well as the tourism component. Uh, And then made by mountains, um, uh, you know, they're also the third pillar is to amplify the outdoor industry. So again, back to telling those stories, of the businesses that are here and the connections that have been made. So, you know, I'd say the Outdoor Gear Builders and, and the Made by Mountains Partnership uh, are very well stri- you know, strategically aligned. And in many ways, uh, they kind of grew out of uh, the Outdoor Gear Builders and what we had done in the early years. And so we're lucky to have them. We're great partners uh, and we're all trying to do the same thing um, and grow the outdoor economy and support our outdoor businesses who are here. Which is a perfect segue into the final checklist item that I have in front of me that I wanted to talk about for sure as far as, you know, organized things happening. And that is what is one of my favorite events every year, which is the Getting Gear Fest. And that's coming up pretty quick, uh, the annual festival. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. This is our eighth our eighth year uh, holding the Getting Gear Festival. And it really started out as a uh, an event to showcase our outdoor brands uh, who are here uh, in the local, uh, Western North Carolina region, you know, um, every year we've, we've had it. I still hear people say, I had no idea Astral was here. I had no idea Eno was here. I had no idea Sylvan Spore, Industry 9. Yeah, Liquid Logic. I keep, and, I can keep going. Liquid Logic, <laughs> I can keep going. We have, I mean, gosh, just the Outdoor Gear Builders alone has 83 um, of our member companies are outdoor-based companies. Uh, so, and there's many, many more. Uh, uh, in the area as well. So, yeah, we're excited about the Getting Gear Fest. And this year we're bringing it back to the river. Uh, we've always 
we've had it traditionally many years uh, at uh, along the French Broad River at Salvage Station, or that park that was across from uh, uh, down there in New the Belgium. Yep. But uh, we're excited to bring it to the outpost, uh, which is right there on the Amboy Road, right in the heart of the French Broad River, and, and the Greenway is right there next to it. Um, you know, it's this location is going to allow our attendees to demo gear, uh, you know, they're on the trail or the water, and meet representatives from many of our outdoor uh, brands and you can purchase gear. You know, a lot of our companies will be selling gear and just be, you know, be part of that thriving outdoor community and uh, experience what it's all about. So it's a family friendly event. Uh, we'll have activities for, you know, all ages and experience levels. We'll have a little bit of live music, but the, you know, the music isn't the focus. It's really the outdoor brands. And we'll have food trucks and there'll be local craft beer and non-alcoholic beverages. And uh, we're really encouraging attendees to either float in on the river because there's two take-ins and uh, uh, or take out some put-ins uh, on the property, or it's right on the Greenway, and we're excited to be partnering with, uh, uh, well, first of all, Prestige Subaru is our presenting sponsor. So uh, we're really lucky and fortunate to have them supporting us all these years, and, and now they're our presenting sponsor for this event. So we're excited about that. But to encourage people to ride in to the area on bikes or roll in uh, or Uber in, uh, we're going to have a bike valet. Uh, that's going to be uh, sponsored by Brevard Insurance and um, and operated by Asheville on Bike. So, you know, a lot of partnerships to pull this off and uh, just can't wait. It's going to be exciting. It's May 6th, well, and May it brings 6th us, 12 to 5. It brings us full circle because I said right at the very beginning, I remember, you know, way back almost 30 years ago, uh, you know, when Asheville Outdoor Center was at that location and organizing those those float trips to clean up the river and raise awareness about straight piping that was going on and everything. And here we are, you know, 2023 in the Getting Gear Fest happening on those same grounds where some of those um, first little threads were, were weaved that has become a wonderful, sustained and expanding outdoor economy coalition. And so uh, it's really awesome to see it. It's great to be able to check in with you uh, again and just chat for a little bit. And uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch and kind of learn about Outdoor Gear Builders and, and connect with all the members and really, you know, build a relationship with our outdoor economy? Sure. A couple of ways. First, you can go to our website, OutdoorGearBuilders.com. Uh, you can find us on social. Uh, but come to the Gate and Gear Fest. Come meet uh, the member companies who are, uh, you know, helping support this region and, and grow our outdoor economy, uh, and just get engaged, find out what's going on and get outside and bring your friends. All right. Very good. Uh, Matt Godfrey, the executive director of getting the getting gear fest, um, hosts and creators, the outdoor gear builders. And so, uh, and you'll be seeing us there too, biz radio and Matt Michelle outdoors, buzz radio. We're always excited to be a part of it as well. So you'll be hearing more about it on the station, but Matt, always, always good to check in with you, my friend. Thanks for being on. Thanks, Matt. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.